Happy Resurrection Sunday. Welcome to our service. Um, although it is not the usual way that we celebrate this day, God knew, and each and every one of us is exactly where he purposed for us to be. So this is a season where a lot of us are having some challenges, some trials in our lives, but God will get the glory and the victory. So we pray that you have invited friends and family to service as you would usually do on this day, and we pray that they will be blessed because we have come to celebrate our risen Savior. He is alive, hallelujah. So we go before the Father in prayer, and we thank you this morning. Bless your name this morning, O God. We praise you and we exalt you. You are the risen Savior. You are the soon coming King. You are the one the one that was, the one that is, and the one that is to come. And we celebrate you this morning. Your word declares, O oh God, for us to be still and know that you are God. You said in your word, O oh God, that you would, get, you would be exalted in the nations and you would be exalted in the earth. So we do exactly that this morning, Father. We come together as a collective body Matters not that we are not together physically, Father, but we have one voice in spirit and we are lifting up the name of Jesus because he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will do the drawing. I will draw all men unto myself. So we worship and adore you and we give you praise this morning, O oh God. We thank you, Father, that even though we are surrounded by trouble and challenging, times and death is all around us. You promised that, that us that we could run in to you and be safe, Lord God. You told us, Father, that you would be our rest, our peace, our strong buckler, our shield, Lord God. We're trusting in that word today. Father, we just thank you for the ability to be able to stand and open up our mouths and give you praise. No matter where we are, Father, we still exalt you because you are still worthy. So we set ourselves in agreement this morning with whatever you want to do. In each and every life, oh God, no matter where we are, Father, we surrender our hearts and our lives to you, Lord God, because it is because of what you did for us on this day that we have the right to call you Father. So be glorified in our midst, be glorified by the word, Lord God. Let it come forth and in victory, we take authority over the airways right now, Father, and we tell the enemy that he will not have the glory on this day. We thank you, Father, for those that will pass from darkness into light. Those that will realize that they are in need of this savior that so many of us have come to know and love. So we appreciate you today, Father. We glorify you. Be glorified in our midst and in everything that is said. In the matchless name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. And everyone in agreement, no matter where you are, amen and amen.
that are watching us wherever you are, we welcome you to today's resurrection service. It is great being here. A little bit unusual, but it's still great. We praise God for the day. Thank God for the prayer that has gone forth, the worship. Now we're ready to get into God's word. Would you get your Bibles? Would you get your writing utensils or whatever you take notes with? Because we know here at TC, we don't just preach messages, we communicate truth and we try the best that we can to make sure that you get meat, something that will encourage, something that will uplift, something that will empower you throughout your week. So we bless God today. Today is a good day. Everybody say that with me. Today is a good day. Would you turn with me to John chapter 18? John chapter 18. We're going to minister a word today called the King's Purpose. The King's Purpose. The King has a purpose, a very unique, very distinct purpose. Verse 33 reads like this. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation, the chief priests, have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. We often use this Sunday to talk about a baby in a manger. We often talk about the story of these wise men who sought out that baby. We talk about Herod and the edict that he put out to slay children under two years old, all the male children. But this is an unprecedented Resurrection Sunday. This is a Resurrection Sunday like we have never seen before or may never see again. So much death around us, so much sadness. The scriptures tell us there would come a period when men's hearts would fail them for fear of what they see coming upon the earth. Today, more than ever before, we need those words that I just read. We need those words that Jesus stated. And we need those words to be real to us. We need the main subject of the text, the king. We need his purpose. If nothing else, I pray today that understanding will come 
That's my prayer. And that the things that you know about him be reinforced in your heart today. Let's look at the text. Jesus is being accused of treason, an attempt to overthrow a government. That's essentially what treason is. He's being asked a political question by a political leader. Are you the king of the Jews? Out of all the accusations made against Jesus, and there are a number of them, this one was the most serious because it threatened the government that the Jews had within the Roman province. But it also threatened the Roman government if this man in, in fact was a king and had the motive of overthrowing. And Jesus, he asked if it was Pilate asking or if it was his accusers. It's an interesting point in the text because Jesus was always concerned about who was asking about him. If you remember in Matthew chapter 16, he said the same thing to Peter. Who do you guys say that I am? And Pilate responds, am I a Jew? <laughs> in other words, I have no concern about this. It's your people. It's your people who brought you to me. But this idea of Jesus establishing an earthly kingdom, it wasn't a far-fetched idea. Even his disciples thought that at some point, they asked, are you going to restore us to the place we had before? Are you going to restore us? Because he kept talking about this kingdom. Every place he came, every place he went, he would talk about the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is present. It's here. It's within you. The kingdom. The kingdom. Note how he answers. Notice how he answers Pilate. If my kingdom was of this world, which it is not, then my servants would be fighting, which they were not. With this response, Jesus answers the question of whether he was a king or not. And he also stirred up a question of what kind of kingdom he had. The reality is, if Jesus needed help from his kingdom, a legion of angels could have been dispatched like that. There's another place in the scriptures where one angel handled 185,000 people. A legion of angels is 6,000. That would be just over the top to send that number of angels. But he could have commanded them to be released. But he didn't. Because this was not the kingdom he was talking about. He wasn't threatened by anything on the earth. He wasn't concerned about introducing a physical kingdom yet. And Pilate's response, so you are a king. There's a powerful portion of scripture, a powerful statement. I should say by Albert Einstein. And he says, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking 
that created them. That is a reality. We can't solve our problems at the same level of thinking that created them. Simply put, if you're going to solve a problem, you need something or someone on a level greater than where the problem began to resolve it. We have a problem today that needs solving and it cannot be addressed on this level. This kingdom Jesus is speaking about is on another level. It's the only place we can turn. It's the only place humanity can go. It's interesting that every facet of our society has come to a halt. All the institutions that determine a society have come to a halt. Government, education, religious institutions, economic institutions, they have all come to a halt. And it appears as if the attention is now turned in another direction. The kingdom he was speaking about was on another level. The kingdom was somewhere else. The kingdom is the only place that this issue can be resolved. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. And when Jesus uses the word world here, he's using the word cosmos. The current social order or the arrangement of things. He's talking about how things are arranged, a cosmos, a world. Jesus knew when he engaged Pilate that his kingdom was antithetic to the social order he was currently in. Jesus was talking about a kingdom that, had, that was antithetic to the kingdom he was speaking to. One king speaking to the authority of another. We live in a cosmos. And our social order in no way reflects this kingdom Jesus was referring to. The social order here in America does not reflect the kingdom or the social order Jesus is talking about. The world's social order is diametrically opposed to God himself. Jesus said it's not of this world means it's not physical. His kingdom is spiritual, but it has physical effects. His kingdom can be manifested in the earth. It does have physical effects. However, it is in nature spiritual. So his social order, in his social order, people are the highest priority. And we know that's not so in this one. In his social order, there is human, there's no human oppression. We know that's not true of this one because we have people oppressing each other. We have issues of race, class. We have this happening right here among us. And because, because of who he is, because of who Jesus is, he already knows who will embrace him and who will reject him. That's the advantage of that level over this one. But in his social order, there's a powerful health plan. It's called divine healing. And there are people being healed right now. Just the media is not 
reporting it. In his social order, the people know the designer of life. They know God in his social order. In his social order, it's clear you've been created to be who, you, who God created you to be with no misunderstanding. No misunderstanding about gender. God clarifies all the confusion that this social order creates in a person's life. There's a word for that. It's called delivered. And in that social order, deliverance happens or, or, or occasionally, very often. Deliverance is something that people experience. But that thinking conflicts. It conflicts with this kind of thinking. Because in his social order, there's only one king. There's only one will. There are no special interest groups. There are no special rights for different sorts of people. In his social order, the citizens conform to the will of the king. There's only one will, the will of the king. This is great. And this is a great conflict between the king's purpose and the purposes of the earth. Note what he said. Note what Jesus said. For this purpose, I was born, and for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Notice what it says. It doesn't say hear my voice. It says listens, meaning they hear and they obey. They hear and they do. They listen to his voice. The conflict is over truth. That's his purpose. The conflict is over truth. And what presents the great, cha great challenge is truth. That's why Pilate asked, what is it? <laughs> There's a cynicism about truth. Truth presents problems in today's culture, and to claim truth is to be considered misguided. To make an absolute claim about truth is to be considered intolerant or prejudiced against others how they feel or think. To make an absolute cl truth claim would be considered immoral. Why? Why would that be considered immoral? Because if you have the truth, then somebody else outside of your truth doesn't have it. <laughs> but that thinking conflicts with the basic rule of logic, which is the law of non-contradiction that says if something is true, then the opposite must be false. Two things can't be true that are speaking the identical thing. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, but I often hear in this culture, there has to be another way. No, that would violate the law of logic because there can only be one truth. If he's saying he's the truth, then there is no other truth. The inherent problem, and here's the issue, folks. The inherent problem with, free, with the freedom of the will God gave us is sin. 
Sin has convinced us everything must bend to our will. And we no longer bend to his. Did you hear what I said? Let's say it again. Let's read it again. The inherent problem with the freedom of the will God gave us is sin. And sin has convinced us everything must bend to our will. And we no longer bend to his will. There's something we apparently missed in our understanding of the king's purpose. It's all about truth. And even his followers, some who are falling away today, some who are rejecting him or compromising truth, they missed the point. They missed the whole point. Notice what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people, notice what he says, to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Notice the two things, the two different things happening here. He wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. One of these things, saved, is about conversion. But coming into a knowledge of the truth, that's about conviction. You need to be convicted or to have a conviction about what it is you believe. And if you believe him, it is unwavering. It is non-negotiable. It is not for sale. You will die with that belief, just like he did. The king's purpose, the king's purpose can only be fulfilled in people willing to bend their will to his. The king's purpose can only be fulfilled in people willing to bend their will to his. And that's a reality. When you come to God, his kingdom is different from what happens on this earth. His kingdom, there's only one will. That's the problem with a lot of our homes. There are too many wills in our home. The children have their own will. There's another will over here. Somebody else's will is being exercised. Wherever you have all of these various wills occurring, you are also going to have strife. And that's why Jesus said, there's peace in my kingdom. Why? Because there's one will operating, the will of God. And when God says something, the people, the citizens of that kingdom, they line up with what he says. There cannot be two wills in heaven. That's why Satan was cast out. There's got to be peace, one will, operating. I believe, I believe that today, and hear me, church, hear me, everybody listening to me today, I believe we are not in our churches today for a prophetic purpose. I believe a mandate has come together out of the kingdom 
and we are out of these buildings. I'm standing in an empty building right now. Just staff working in certain places, making this happen for you. But hear me today. I believe we are in the midst of prophetic purpose. We've gotten too comfortable in our cushy places. The spaces we've made for ourselves to have church, we've gotten too comfortable. They become too cushy. We become downright Pharisaic. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Didn't he say that? We become religious. We do things out of rote, like we owe God something. Religion is simply what man thinks God wants. God came down for you. He gave you what he wants. He presented what he wanted. He didn't need you to build a staircase to him. He brought the staircase and walked down to you. No, you don't have your band behind you today, preacher. Ain't no dancers waving flags around the building right now with some pseudo fleshly sort of worship. The greeters are not greeting people at the door today. People are not dressed and seated waiting for a once of the year spectacular event. That's not happening today. We are in the hour of reckoning. And if this don't wake people up, I'm concerned about what will. Gotta wake people up. If the truth won't do it. We have a few pastors across the, the country fighting, right now fighting, to have church in their buildings. Like the building is some sacred cow. Well, it was never about buildings. It was never about buildings. Hear me. It was never about your building. It was always about the truth and the truth only. And so people are dying today. And if we're going to die for anything, it must be the truth. The same purpose our Savior died for. The resurrection was a one-time event, a one-in-a-lifetime event, but it validated every word Jesus spoke. And if the resurrection did not happen, then the answer to Pilate's question doesn't exist. But it did happen. And Pilate's question has been answered. The truth is Jesus. The truth is that which conforms to reality. The truth is a person. And in this pluralistic culture, we have to hold on to that fact because that was his purpose. That was his reason. That is why he came to bear witness to the truth and to bear witness with those who would carry truth. So the answer does exist because the day Jesus rose, truth rose also. So my question to you today, if you're watching me, what do you stand for? What do you believe? 
Do you like society believe that whatever is real to me is real? That two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. It may equal five and a half. Is that what you believe? Or do you believe that things actually are the way there's a reality? There is an absolute that exists. And that absolute today we're talking about, his name is Jesus. And so I introduce him to you. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you've been looking. Maybe you've been searching. I remember Malcolm X, who thought he had the truth, and went to Mecca and found that there were other folks of different fleshly persuasions that were worshiping a God he believed in. He came back into this country and a conflict happened. I believe if that man continued to live, he would have found Jesus because he wasn't looking for religion, he was looking for truth. And if you're looking for truth today, he exists. He's right here, he's looking for you. He came to you. He's knocking at the door of your heart right now. And I'm praying for you that today will be the day that you accept the call on your life. He said, the day that you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Don't get hard. Hear. Respond. Listen. Receive. The voice is calling you today. So we are praising God right now. We are honoring God right now because of who he is. And because of who he is, we live also. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your great grace upon our lives. We thank you for the wisdom, Lord God, that rests upon us. We thank you for the faithfulness of your word. We thank you for the sensitivity to your call. In my prayer today, for every person under the sound of my voice, may they hear you, Lord God. May they acknowledge you. Both sinner and saint, may they cross the line. For the sinner who doesn't know you, may he acknowledge you. For the saint, God, may they move from conversion to truth, to conviction. Let them move, O oh God, into a place that you have called us all. And your purpose, your reality, is the reality we need to experience today. I bless you for it. Thank you for your words to us. Thank you for the words that keep us. Thank you for the words that seal us. We bless you for your word. Well, praise God. I'm hoping that somebody today received him. And if you did, please drop us a line. Drop us a note. Let us know that you received Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, that you've accepted him today. Send a note. Send an email. We'll have somebody reach out to you. We'll get some materials into your hand to help you with your walk, help you move forward in Christ. Today, as I said in the beginning, is a good day. It's an excellent day. It's a great day to be born again. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Well, true sinner, it's time for us to honor God in our giving. 
I'm praying that you've been prepared today. Today is the day we bring our gifts, our tithe, and our offering to the Lord. And I pray that you are using the electronic, the technology that has been available to you, that you're using the push pay app on our, on our app, you downloaded the app, you're able to sow and give to God today. Bless the Lord. We've been honored and the kingdom has been glorified by the faithfulness of this house. And it's because of your faithfulness we can do what we need to do to advance the kingdom. Let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. We thank you, Lord God, for what is being received and what is being poured into the house today. May we operate with good stewardship as we take these resources and we build your kingdom with them. God, you be glorified by everything we said today and done. You be lifted up, God, by every song, every prayer prayed. And let these gifts rise to you as worship in your presence. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Pastor B is going to come. I think she has a couple of announcements for us. Well, good afternoon again, Truth Center, and happy Resurrection Sunday. For those of you who may be visiting with us for the very first time online, we want to take this opportunity to welcome you from the leadership here at Truth Center and the Truth Center Ministries community. We welcome you. We ask that you would please not that let this be your last time, but that you would visit us again and again. We have a few announcements. Just to rehearse in your hearing. Prayer produces intimacy, and we want to continue to maintain that intimacy that we have here at Truth Center. So if you have not had an opportunity to join us yet, we are having corporate prayer Monday and Fridays at 6 a.m., and we are asking that you would please dial in if you get the uh, emails. If you don't get the emails and you would like to participate just visit us on our website at info at truthcenter.org and leave your information so that we may include you on everything that we're doing here. And uh, you will get the emails to tell you how to join us in corporate prayer on Monday and Friday mornings. Our gathering, we are still gathering, which is our interactive time, prayer, Bible study, and fellowship of the word, but we're doing it via Zoom. And again, if you don't get our emails, do what I just instructed you to do, and you will be um, given the information on how to join us for our gatherings as well. And we want to continue to practice our, I don't like the word social distancing because it is a social part of what we do that keeps us feeling for one another, but we will practice responsible distancing. And we want you to be safe and we want to pray for those that have lost loved ones during this time and um, just keep them in your prayers. Truth Center, walk in victory and have an awesome, awesome Resurrection Sunday on purpose.
church this morning. And um, we want you to bear in mind and heart, we had a soldier depart and transition this week, our brother Odell Odom. We want to continue to lift up his family. And if you have any issues with your family, please notify the ministry. We can't read your minds. We need you to send the information in or contact somebody in the ministry so that we know how to pray for your family or pray for you. Well, bless the Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Today has been a good day. Thank you that everyone is safe in their homes and they're hearing this word. Lord God, thank you for this technology that we've been able to minister to hearts, even here and abroad. Lord God, it doesn't matter. Distance right now is not the issue. Thank you. You've graced us with the ability to preach your gospel. And we pray, God, today that you will keep your people and you will speak into their lives and may truth be the thing that they seek. In Jesus' name, amen. By this shall all men know ye are my disciples if you have love one for another. God bless you. Love you.